remember being super intrigued by this movie uh, when it first came out 11 years ago. It was over a decade ago. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when I realized that. Um, but I was super intrigued by it. It uh, seemed really exciting, action-packed, good actors, and then it had this really like intriguing, exciting, appealing premise, right? To offer up this idea that you could have a life without limits. I think deep down inside for all of us, there's kind of some excitement there. I think it's appealing to us, and I think the appeal that it has, it is so acute for us because our limits are also so acute. We feel those so deeply. We're often struck by the limits that we have in our life. And that's hard. It's hard to accept. As much as we ourselves and the world around us, our culture, as much as it wants to tell us that we can push, 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 and we can extend those limits, and we can do more, and we can accomplish more, at the end of the day, all of us, we have to acknowledge that there is a limit to what the human mind and the human body is capable of. But my question for you today is whether you ever limit God. Whether you take that knowledge, that understanding that you have because of your own experience and and the way that your limits strike you and you have to face those limits, do you ever apply that same reasoning to God? And limit the one who in his word declares that he is boundless, that he is eternal, that he is all-powerful, that he knows everything, that he is present everywhere. In other words, that he is limitless in every sense of the word. But do you limit him? And maybe you limit him because you don't really believe all the things that he declares about himself in the Bible. You don't really believe that that's divine words. You don't trust that it is actually conveying the truth to you. And maybe you limit, if you limit him for that reason, then, then why trust in God at all? And if God is limited, if he can't do everything, then, well, why turn to him? And especially when we feel our limits, when, when we need that strength, when we need someone or something to carry us, bring us across to accomplish something that we can't do on our own, then where will we turn? And so, dear friends, today I'm so excited to talk to you about the prayer that Paul prays in Ephesians chapter 3. A prayer that I want you to make your own prayer for yourself. I want you to make it a prayer that you pray for those around you, for your families. And this prayer of Paul, it is rooted in the limitless nature of God. And Paul knew that the one to whom he prayed, God, the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name, he knew that that God, that Father of all, he is limitless. And we can join in this prayer of Paul. Paul prays specifically for three things that he's going to highlight. He prays that God would strengthen us 
in our inner being with his power, he prays that Christ would dwell in our hearts. And he prays that we would have the power to grasp and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. And so Paul's prayer begins as he prays to God for strength. He writes, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being. When are you most acutely aware of your limits and your limitations? When do you find yourself needing strength? Is it when you've been made the the lead on a a big project at work? And, And you're organizing a team, but the team that you're organizing, they aren't meeting the deadlines and the timelines are getting extended and you know that there needs to be accountability and you have to be the one to do it, but, but you don't know how. Or maybe you're a parent. And every single day, you feel that, the tiredness that comes, you, you feel the, the anxiousness because every single day, You are comforting and disciplining highly emotional children and is creating a very highly emotional adult. Maybe you're a teacher. And it's the last week of school. And you're stressed about all the things that you want to finish and you want to accomplish, all the things that need to get done this week, and you're just not sure that they will. You're not sure that you've brought your students to where they need to be. And you want to continue to show them love and kindness and and have joy in the classroom, but, man, your patience is wearing thin. And so you struggle with that. Or maybe you're a student. And you're turning the corner, coming down that home stretch, the end of the year, and you're tired. And study wearies you, and you just want to be done. You just want summer to be here, but you know, final exams, they're really important. Maybe you need strength because you're tired of being the punchline in so many jokes that you hear around you because of your faith. Because of the confidence that you put in Christ. And so you just think, well, maybe I can just hide it a little bit. Maybe I just don't have to wear it so much out on my sleeves the way that I am. Maybe I, maybe I can just avoid a little bit that ridicule, the cruelty. And maybe you need strength Because the deep pain that you feel over the people that you've lost, it's so intense. And it's so difficult. And and you just don't know how you're going to push on to the next day. For whatever reason it is that you feel your limits and you need strength, when when you are struck by your own limits, I want to encourage you to turn to your limitless God. If you're taking notes, that's the first thing you can write down today. Paul's prayer here was for 
internal strength. He talks about the strength that is in our inner being. That's the kind of strength that grants determination in the face of adversity. It's the kind of strength that, that lifts us up and raises us when so many people are trying to tear us down, when the devil is after us and he's clawing at us. It's the kind of strength that brings steadfastness to your faith when it's attacked and challenged. It's that strength that brings comfort when the only challenges that you face in your mind lead you to question God's love for you. <coughs> strength is not found in you. That strength is found in Christ. It is found in the glorious riches of God and his love for you. It's found as the Holy Spirit works that strength in you through God's Word. The strength that comes as the Spirit leads you to remember Christ and all that Christ has done for you. That Christ himself, he faced adversity and challenge in his life because he lived that life for you. Because he went to the cross for you. And so Christ is so much more than it an example for us to follow, or, or a leader for us. No, Christ is our Savior. He gave his life for us on the cross. And so it is at the foot of the cross that we find that treasure, the riches of God's love for us. They are mined there at the foot of the cross to encourage us. And so it is through of God's Spirit that this limitless Christ dwells in our hearts. And when Christ dwells in our hearts, what you think, how you feel, the words that you speak, the, the actions that your hands find to do, all of them will bear the mark of Christ. You understand that, right? The, the longer that you live in the place, the more that it takes on your character. If you're going on a short trip, you live out of a suitcase. The hotel room decorations are not your choice. There's nothing in the closet. Maybe you hang up a couple of shirts, right? But it's a short trip. You don't settle in. Your college dorm room... There's clothes in the drawers. There's clothes in the closet. Those are yours. They belong to you. You probably put some posters up on the walls, but the decorations are inexpensive and they're temporary. And the furniture, even if it actually is yours, it's probably not your choice, right? You found it on the side of the road. It was good enough, right? And then, then you move into an apartment. And the furniture is yours and the clothes are yours. And the decorations are probably yours, too. And maybe you even get to paint some of the walls a color that you pick out. But there's still some things there that, that don't belong to you. They, they don't represent you. And then when you own a home, now, eventually, everything becomes yours. Everything takes on your character, your look, your feel, your life bit by bit, piece by piece, project by project, until it's all yours. When Christ dwells in our hearts, he moves in. 
there's a renovation and a transformation that's going to take place in our lives as Christ, piece by piece, project by project, makes us his own. And just so we're completely honest with ourselves, when Christ first moved into our hearts, he had a lot of work to do. And there were holes that needed patching. There was plumbing that was corroded and leaking all over the place. And there was like this hideous wallpaper that we had put up to hide the even more hideous nature of our hearts. When Christ moves in, that transformation occurs. And Christ moves in with his limitless love and his limitless power so that he can do the miraculous So don't limit him. Let him move in. Let that renovation take place in your heart. A transformation will occur, and what Christ will accomplish will be amazing. Paul writes that as Christ dwells in our hearts through faith, then he roots and establishes us in his love. Christ showed you that incredible love that he has for you when he gave his life on the cross, this love that has no limits, and God wants you rooted in that. He wants you well established in that love, that full and free forgiveness that God has won for you. Have you ever tried to remove a a tree or a bush that is rooted in the ground, like firmly well established there? And I'm not talking about like taking one of the giant excavators that we have sitting outside our property right now. I mean you, a shovel, maybe an axe, and your bare hands. It's hard. When you you dig that shovel into the ground, you stomp your foot on it and it hits one of those roots, I mean you feel how strong those roots are. It's an all-day project. You are going to sweat to get that thing out of the ground. Christ wants you rooted in his love. Well established in his love. Because he knows that, that Satan, this, this world, is going to come after you and it's going to try and uproot you. It's going to try and dig you out and pull you away from Christ. Root yourself in Christ Jesus and his love. We don't want to take just a light hold on Christ's love, but a firm, steadfast grip. And to continue to dive into the very depths of that love that Christ has for you. So as we understand that as Christ dwells in us, he roots and establishes us in his love. Paul also writes, he didn't want the Ephesians, he doesn't want you or I to limit our understanding of God's love. He says that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And we always are going to start with Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us, the expression of his love. And we can sing very simply of the forgiveness that he won for us there. We can sing very simply, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And that is beautiful. That is fantastic. It is amazing. Those simple words, they speak so much. But God doesn't want our knowledge of his love for us to stop there. He wants us to continue to grow in it. He wants us to continue to understand just how deep and how wide and how long, how high his love is for us. 
And that happens as the Holy Spirit works through the pages of Scripture. He'll allow us to gain that broader understanding of God's love, God's love that is limitless. And that is such a joyful truth because it means that God's love is for all. It means that no matter what it is with which you struggle, lust, greed, anger, jealousy, envy, hatred, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, God's love is broad enough, it is wide enough to cover over your sins, to totally and completely forgive you. God's love is this noble love, is the highest form of love, unconditional, the love that God gives to us. And God's love lasts. It endures, it withstands all time, all eternity. It will always be there. And God's love is so deep. It's like an ocean that you can dive into. You can dive the depths of this love. It will never run dry. And perhaps we feel limited there. How can we rationally, fully comprehend this grand love of God that is limitless, but we give thanks to God that he says that through faith we can know this love, this love of God that even surpasses all knowledge. Through faith, he allows us to take hold of that love. And then finally, Paul prays that we would be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. That God himself will fill us. Do you long for that in your life? To be filled? Like, do you seek out the the people who are going to fill you up? Who, Who help you to understand the worth and the value you have to... satisfy you in that relationship you have. God fills you up. Uh, This week, my preschool daughter brought home a sheet of paper that talked about how people are like cups that need to be filled up. And you notice uh, one of the things that is fills you up the most, right, is love and affection. But dear friends, God fills you up with his love, his affection, his power. He fills us up with his own fullness, Paul says. This limitlessness that he has to him. And, and we think, how in the world can me, a finite human being, be filled with the limitless nature of God and all that he is? The divine, the almighty, the immeasurable. How, how can I? He fill me. Because God is limitless, and so he can do whatever he wants. He can do the miraculous. And so finally, my brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you not to limit what God can do. Do not limit the love that he can show you. Do not limit the way that he can dwell in your hearts Do not limit the knowledge that you can gain as you study his word, as you continue to dive deep into the depths of Christ's love for you. And do not limit what Christ Jesus can accomplish in and through us. Let's not limit our joyful praise. Let's not limit our boldness and the excitedness of our hearts 
and the courage that we have in our prayers, the final thing that Paul writes is that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power. Let's not limit God where he hasn't limited himself. He can do amazing things. And it's beyond our dreams. It's beyond our understanding and our comprehension. And what an encouragement. We don't even need to see that to know that it's happening through this promise in Christ. And yet I am so excited to see what God's limitless power will do in your lives. I'm so excited to see that transformation take place in your hearts. I'm so excited to see how God is going to move you to be more generous in your gifts to support his kingdom. How God is going to move you to be more bold, more courageous, to reach your neighbor with the gospel. How he's going to move you to be more excited for your opportunities to serve others. I'm so excited to see how God's limitless power is at work in you. And that new life, it doesn't take some pill that you swallow. It doesn't take establishing a, a new routine. It comes from the limitless nature of the love of Christ. It comes from our limitless God. Amen? Amen.